The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Nationwide, welcome into another episode of the Three Man Rush right here on the Buffalo Rumblings Network. As always, this episode of Three Man Rush presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. She is Sarah Larson coming from the great state the great sunshine state of florida i am the big o jerry ostrowski coming to you from oklahoma and this is the three-man rush sarah how you doing i'm good i'm good i've been a little busy today kind of uh getting a bunch of stuff done but it, it feels good to actually you know i got some stuff checked off my list today it feels good it feels good Definitely. how are you doing i'm doing fine doing fine just uh long day of work went and saw my mom a little while ago came home relaxed a minute and Hopped on the pod, getting ready to talk a little bit of Buffalo Bills, talk a little bit about the Combine, this upcoming uh, in NASCAR racing, they call it the silly season, um, free agency when drivers are going all over the place. And obviously, things getting a little bit silly in Buffalo with some of the comments we've heard coming out of the 716. <laughs> we'll dive into that in a moment. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. you know, we do have some news around the, uh, not only the NFL, but Buffalo as well. Mostly, I, the, you know, today was kind of uh, an intriguing day for, for the Bills and everything. Uh, you know, I if people haven't noticed, uh, haven't seen Ed Oliver posted to his IG story, um, pay me or I don't want to I don't want to talk. Um, you know, I think it's, you know, interesting. In my opinion, I've been saying it for months now. We're going to we're going to trade him. Um, if anything, that post probably just uh 
just signed that ticket. Like as long as we can find a trade, you know, and, and maybe the compensation went down for the bills because the, the bills are very, in my opinion, they're, they want that the people that want to be there. Um, right. So you got, when, when you get too vocal like that, you know, especially considering he hasn't really produced to that $10.5 million hit. So <laughs> I would have thought that he would have uh, kept his mouth and, you know, shut for the for the time being go go out and perform on your fifth year option and then you know and then say something but don't don't kid yourself players also kind of get an inclination of what may be happening who knows behind the scenes what has happened i think ed knows he's on as as far as his stay or his tenure in buffalo he's on thin ice i don't think that that um that's any secret. I really don't. And I agree with you from, you know, we've talked about this before. When you look at, when you look at players, you can afford to move and save a big amount of salary cap space. Ed Oliver's that guy. Like I like Ed Oliver. I think he's, he can be productive in certain situations. I think that he's a, he's a fast twitch guy, not terribly big. And we'll talk about some defensive tackles here in a little bit that we were at the combine. Um, I do believe Buffalo needs to get bigger up the middle. Um, especially if they decide to go ahead and get another middle linebacker. But, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, it's hard to eat that kind of money and and, and get kind of just average production. You want right. somebody in that spot making that kind of money that's going to produce. And in a world where the cap dollar, even though you were, you said earlier the cap went up for the Bills today by $2 million, they're still 17-plus over. over. Yeah. 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 They're still 17 Our... million plus over, and you got you got to save that money. Yeah. Our um... – I mean, look, our new projected over per um, sport track is 17.741 million. Mm. So, um, but yeah, we got an additional two point something million this uh, this morning. So the, our new salary cap is uh, 227.7 million. Um, but again, we're, we're still extremely far over. So, right. um, you know, the, there's only a couple of days left before free agency. So, um, we're going to have to start, you know, by, by Wednesday, um, at 4 PM when the, the league year officially starts, we have to be underneath the, um, the cap. So, uh, they definitely have to do some, some finagling right. over the next couple of days and we'll see some restructures and some, hopefully some, some trades and, uh, you know, some, uh, contract extensions maybe, or, um, We'll, we'll see. Or Let me cut. ask you this. Other than the obvious, which is a Josh Allen rework, a Deion Dawkins rework, some of those things that will free up a good amount of money, who do you think – and we just talked about it, at Oliver possibly moving him in a trade. Who do you think are your top two to three vet candidates that possibly may be released next week to get under that $17 million mark? Uh, I mean – I would be nervous, but Hines could be on there. Um, you know, he's uh, I think six million against the cap. Right. Um, I McKenzie, we would say like two million um, against the cap. Morse, I think, is another six. Morse million. is the one that I think is susceptible as as much as Ed Oliver is. I think yeah. Mitch Morse saves what eleven million dollars, I believe. No, I think it, the I think the um, the savings is eight, uh, six okay. or eight. I think because we still owe him money. So like that would be what we're saving, even though his cap hit is I think 11. So 
Well, you know, we'll see how that works. But, you know, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot to go on. I think that we would probably wait until the draft before we decide on on Morse because um, you, you want to make sure that we have someone that could replace right. the center. I know, I you know, obviously I know that like Bates could play the center, but I believe he's better at, at left guard. Um, so, you know, we'll see how, how that works out. Uh, I, I, I think that one of the things I enjoy right now about the Bills front office, okay, and we'll get into a second, you know, as far as players that are chirping a little bit more than I care to hear, but I think <laughs> that Bean has actually done a really good job of, of saying much of nothing. Um, he's played everything very close to the vest. He hasn't said much of anything. He's keeping his mouth shut. I know that he has a plan. Um, we, we know, we know that he has something there, but I think that his ability to, uh, to not get caught up in this, this verbal warfare is commendable. And I, and I like it. Yeah. What's, what's, what's the, what's the, uh, Daryl put the math needs to start mathing soon. <laughs> and it is so true. <laughs> what's the, what's the famous line? Real G's move in silence. And I think that, uh, you know, my, my man, Brandon Bean is moving in silence right now. And I like it. He, he always does. That's the one thing as much as, you know, I've comp, I compliment the front office. I will say that Bean and McDermott both only give you what they're required to give you like the little tidbit like they will not over analyze over you know comment anything (laughs) right sometimes as as a fan it is so frustrating to hear their press conferences and everything else so it gets so annoying but um but yeah so we were talking about some of those those comments other than ed oliver um you know everyone's been talking about stefan diggs and you know, there was a couple comments he's made, a couple things, you know. First and foremost, I am going to say Stefan Diggs is not going to get traded. People need to understand he right. is a $45 million dead cap right. hit if we were to trade him. $45 million. It's not going to happen. It is not. Do you under like no one's gonna give us a draft capital? to, to no. do that, like to, to, to offset that, that is not never going to happen. But anyways, I digress. So today he had said, um, on, uh, he had a couple, he's been very vocal, obviously he's had a couple of shows. He said the Vikes sent him to the bills in order for things to not go good. So he kind of, you know, uh, proved, I guess the Vikings wrong, but he, he didn't have, you know, two good words for them. But he also said the bill struggles don't make any sense. Um, he's, he's like, we have the personnel and everything else, but the, the one thing that everyone got in, intrigued about today is, um, there was another post today of, um, of one of his conversations about him playing against his brother this year. He was like, yeah, well, that's, you know, what the schedule says at this point. So everyone's assuming that, oh, he's going to Dallas. So he's not going to be in Buffalo. If anything, it's the other way around people. <laughs> Anything. Right, and here's and and here's the comments he made on the show, The Shop, which I believe is a show on HBO. Um, the comment reads, "It doesn't make sense. I'll rack my brain with this s word or this. I'll just say crap. At this <laughs> point, I think it's more execution than anything. Uh, crap is small little pieces on why it's not going right. We've got the players, we've got the plays. Why crap ain't going, ain't coming together?" <laughs> That's where you draw some of those questions. 
I never want to question who I am. I never want to question how I am. I'm giving this crap everything I've got. I'm dying on the hill for that. And what I thought was interesting was they asked Micah Hyde about this on Good Morning Football, Mm -hmm. about those comments. And Micah says this. He says, as a locker room and as an organization, we understand Diggs. We know the type of person he is. Nobody's panicking. Nobody's worried about that. Yeah. And he and basically they would be concerned if he wasn't the way he, you know, if he didn't react the way he has. So, you know, I and they and they joked about it at the end of that show about we want to hear about, you know, Josh and, and him playing video games again. And, you know, everyone's coming together and singing, you know, you know, songs of merriment. But people get ticked off. It doesn't mean that they, they don't love each other anymore as brothers right. and whatnot. But I'm going to give you an example, okay? There's a team that just won another Super Bowl, right? You don't hear any of this coming out of that camp. There's a team in Philadelphia that went to the Super Bowl this year. A.J. Brown, their star receiver, made the comment, if they don't pay Jalen Hurts, then you need to find somewhere for me to go. Because if he's not here, I don't want to be here. And those are the types of things I want to hear out of my star players about, about their teammates. I understand Diggs. I get what he, I I get it. I get what he does. This is him. Okay. And I'm not telling him to be anybody else, but honestly, it gets old. It really does. It gets old and, and you get sick of hearing it. And, you know, it's one thing to challenge teammates behind the scenes. Okay. Thurman challenged us daily. Bruce challenges daily. Kent Hole challenges. Jim Kelly challenges. All those guys challenges in the locker room. Um, you know, when anything came out of the locker room and there was any sort of public, um, somebody publicly wanted a player. If you remember, I believe it was, uh, 87 or whenever they had the, it wasn't 87. It was, uh, the bickering bill season when they had to hold the famous thing where Thurman and Jim and Jim had made a comment about Howard Ballard, uh, the left hat or the right tackle and, and Thurman came to his defense. That's what I I, I, I'd like, that's what I like. That's what I want to hear. I don't want to, I don't want to continually see people going at my teammates and things of that nature. So, and I agree, but realistically, do you feel like you've heard digs really take a dig at the, the, the team, like specific people on the team? Cause I haven't. Well, I haven't heard of, I haven't heard exactly what he said, but if you don't think he was railing on Josh Allen in the games, uh, as the year went on, maybe in the game, maybe in the game, but you just said publicly, I haven't heard him go out and say, showing outward emotion, outward negative emotion towards a player on, on the field and on national television. I mean, you have, you have, you know, Tom Brady throwing computers and stuff and people laughed it off. So I Brady won seven. Yeah, I get it, but I just feel like they're they're targeting Steph for no reason. I think that it's stupid. So I I I do. I think that he has he's a passionate guy. I don't feel like I've heard anything come out of his mouth publicly that is negative toward a specific player. Yes, right. he's made comments about the team, but he's including himself in that team. Like something's wrong with the team coming together and, and right. figuring out why we can't win these you know, win these games, but I don't feel like he's been like Josh Allen's trash or anything like that. Like he's never really come out and said, you know, I I'm disappointed in my quarterback or, you know, like I, so I, I guess I don't get the, the total frustration with that. The sideline stuff is, you know, is a whole nother thing. 
I feel like people get angry all the time on, on the sidelines and they have those, conver- you know, those conversations. You don't know what's being said. You just know that there's, there's, you know, frustrations boiling out. But I, I guess I'm just trying to defend Diggs in a way that, right. you know, like I feel like social media is completely taking over the situation and, and turning into something that it's it's not. Well, we had this conversation, Sarah, yesterday. I had this conversation on local sports radio. We talked about this this monster of content creation and we're in the middle of it, right? Um, things are said, things are done, and it just is it's it's run with. As much as we talk about these 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 deals, I agree with you 100%. Stefan Diggs is a bill this year, and you know what? He's probably a bill the year after that. Um, he is in Buffalo for the next couple of years. They're not moving him. Um, if they want to help Stefan Diggs, um, what they probably should do is find a, a find some slot receivers and some other targets that'll pull some heat off of them. That'll help Stefan Diggs more than anything. Um, but no, I mean, they're not moving him. But there are targets on this team, and there are really, really good players that are going to get moved. So let's uh, let's talk about that for a second. What about what are your feelings about the the D Hop uh, uh, tweet where he said he's willing to uh, negotiate his his last two years uh, if he is traded? And uh, today he was working out with Vaughn. I would love D Hop, and he's one of my favorite receivers. Um, I would love him in in Buffalo. I yeah, I was, I, I, was yeah, I, I was against it. Yeah, I was against compliment to Diggs. Yeah, I was against it because of his contract. But if he's right. willing to rework that right. contract, I am all for it. If if we but can make know, it work, Sarah, you know that's an unwritten thing. I mean, we're we're the the Bills are in the land of of quarterback jail with the cap, so it's you know that anybody that's coming. But that to me, what you said makes is is the key to this whole thing. We talked about it before. What is the key to these teams? The great quarterback, the good draft, and what? Convincing the veteran players to come play for less money because you have two things. You have a wonderful culture and you have a chance to win it all. Right. And and that's where I get a little that's why that's why I get a little bit I have a little bit of a problem with some of the outward stuff as far as digs and stuff. I don't want that culture to be messed with because I feel like that's the one thing Buffalo's done a really good job with. And I hope they don't lose it with, with, um, with Mrs. Pagula not being a part of it anymore. I thought she did a wonderful job cultivating that culture with that team. And I hope it stays there, but, but you're right. I mean, if you can convince a guy like, like Hopkins to come, Oh my goodness. Yeah. Daryl put, I wouldn't mind D hop and two draft picks still. I, I agree. I, if, if we had D hop, I don't know if I necessarily think we need two wide receiver draft picks, but right. you know, definitely um, a slot guy. If you know, to, to compete with, um, with Shakir and, you know, well, I, again, I, I'm, I'm that one person that everyone's talking, you know, draft and I'm, I get so frustrated with it because you never know what you're going to draft until free right. agency is over with. I want us to get receiver wise. I'd like us to find the next Juju Schuster, you know, those type. I want to get a couple of vets in to help take some pressure. We have some good young receivers. We have some guys that need to go. But if we get some productive vets to come in and 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 especially run that slot position, I think it would help greatly. Yeah, I was joking earlier. I was uh, texting. I was like, you know, if Vaughn's in on all of these, uh, on you know, being <laughs> being this recruiter that he is, then hey. you know, we're gonna have D Hop, OBJ, 
and Derrick Henry on our team by uh, by the end of next week. So <laughs> I'd, like to go, I'd like to go hang out with Orlando Brown Jr. and uh, Dalton yeah, Reisner. We can't afford if that. You go hang That's... out with those two. I would I would appreciate that, Vaughn. If you could uh, do that, please. Yeah, I have a I have a feeling that the Chiefs are going to figure it out with with Orlando somehow or another. But you know they're they're expecting him anywhere between probably seventeen and twenty million ish. Yeah. I would think. Yeah, so. and I think they're willing to pay him about 15. I know they want to go under market value with him. He didn't have the greatest of years, but he's still a really, really good player. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure he's a guy that can move inside. You know, a lot of times you can get some of those older tackles and move them inside and get, you know, three or four good productive years out of them at guard. Well, we'll be handicapped. <laughs> we'll be handicapped with that. Our all of our tackles are like six, seven, six, eight. Right. I don't think that they right. they fit well inside. Exactly. Our, all right. Yeah. Well, let's uh let's look at some of the the defense that was at the combine. Um, I will admit I did a little bit different. Um, I'm not going to argue with people if I have somebody listed as a corner and they're a nickel, or if I have them listed as a safety and they're a nickel as well. It is all over the place at this point. I did my very best because they are listed differently in you know, every situation um, that you can research. Same thing with edge rushers and defensive ends and linebackers. They're all over the place. So that is my, my little uh, disclaimer considering I got called out the other day. Um, but defensive backs. So, you know, basically we're, you know, we're looking at, um, maybe needing, uh, to, to add a corner, um, especially with, um, I'm looking, isn't, isn't, uh, Dane. Yeah, I thought so. Dane's a, a free agent. So we might need to, to add, you know, another corner and then, um, I obviously we're going to need to add a safety. Even if we move Benford um, to safety, uh, I am not comfortable going into the season with, with just Micah Hyde and, and Benford. So um, we definitely need to to look there. We have no clue if, if Hamlin's going to come back um, and, and what that situation will be. So I kind of put down, you know, how some of these uh, defensive backs did um, intriguing. You have, uh, Deontay Banks from Maryland, he ran a 4-3-5, which is like crazy. Um, Tyreek Stevenson, I'm going to mention him again because he's a UM guy. Um, he he played corner in, in college, but I do think he will be probably more either a nickel or a safety um, in, um, in the NFL. Uh, he still had a, a pretty decent 40 time. The, the one thing is, is he's also really good on special teams. So look at, you know, we can also look at him. Um, my three, well, I should say four favorite safeties have been um, Sidney Brown, Jamie Robinson, Jordan Battle, and Christopher Smith. Um, but then uh, B- DJ Turner, and I actually, I, I didn't um, update. I just see I didn't update. He ran a crazy 40 and he didn't do he any of the four, he ran a four two six yeah and um he didn't do any of the the drills or anything yet so he's waiting for his pro day to do that um but he will be um in you know probably in the nickel spot uh in the nfl so um jacorian um, bennett he's also a nickel um he and he ran a four three um but all of his testing was ridiculous. Like I didn't even, he wasn't even on my like radar, you know, I like I've seen him play obviously um, because he's ACC, but I, you know, wasn't really on my uh, radar. He made a couple of comments about digs and stuff. 
Um, so I, you know, paid attention a little bit more, but his combine has definitely put him in, in my sights too. But again, more of a, a nickel corner. Six, six of the top 10, 40 times this year at the combine were run by cornerbacks. Yeah. Um, absolutely tremendous athletic group of players. If you look at the cornerback group, tons of high grades as far as, as, as the participants in the combine. Um, you know, Brian Branch from Alabama leads the way. Um, he gets a grade of 6.72, which is, which is like potential Pro Bowl player. Um, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon, uh, 6.70. Joey Porter Jr., who I really like from Penn State. I like the way he challenges people. He has a little bit of edge to him like his father did. And uh, if you remember Joey Porter Sr. that played at, uh, at Pittsburgh, um, I like him. I like DJ Turner as well. There are some guys at the top of that cornerback class that if somehow, some way they fall to 27, you have to take a look at them, especially if you are comfortable, like you said, with, with moving Bedford to, to safety. But when you look at the safety group, the safety group just does not jump off the, off the screen at you. Right. Um, the safety group, the highest ranked player at safety is Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M with a 6.39 grade. And just to give people an example, these grades that they get, this prospect grade, it, they, it's been going on for years from the NFL. And it kind of gives you a, what people believe after looking at all the data, where they might end up eventually in the league. And um, what the 6.39 grade is will eventually be a plus starter, which means maybe not a Pro Bowl player, maybe so, but um, a guy that will be definitely a good player in the, in the NFL. But 6'2", 198, um, you know, really good prospect there. He's the highest rated safety out of A&M. But here's the thing that I want to ask you about. With the way the Bills are, are, are constructed right now in the back end on the defense, right, with their corner, they seem to have, unless Hyde moves, and you've talked about this, unless Hyde moves, now all of a sudden you're having to try to find another uh, cornerback to jump in there or like to be the third guy or fourth guy. Do you think this is a situation where you try to find maybe a bigger, more physical corner that you could be – he could be a hybrid. He could play safety or he could play corner – and go back and forth because to just think you're going to go out and draft a safety in the first three rounds, I mean, a lot of these grades, you know, that safety class is a little bit weak. You feel you get better value at other positions. So do you do that with the corners or do you go ahead and say, oh, we're just going to try to figure out a way to get some vets to come in if Porter or uh, if Poyer ends up not coming back to the team? Well, I, I, pretty much have a feeling Poirier's not coming back, but I think that that Benford is kind of that guy. He's the guy, he's the guy that's going to, that can play both corner and safety. Um, he was doing just fine starting for us, uh, you know, for, for the first couple of weeks. Um, it's probably not exactly what we wanted, but I, you know, I, so I think he'll be our, our depth guy. Um, and I still think we're going to have white and Elam, um, as our starting. And then, um, I mean, again, we're, we're losing Jaquan Johnson, Cam Lewis, Cam Lewis Dean Marlowe, Jordan um, Poyer. So um, we need, we definitely need help more so, in my opinion, at um, at safety than we do. Are, think about this though. Why are we so dead set 
I mean, is it is it the fact that Poyer's feelings are hurt that badly that he doesn't want to come back? Or why are we why are we dead set that somebody's gonna give him that big of a contract to go elsewhere? I'm not sold that he does not come back. And he'll you know Oh, I'm not sold. I'm not hundred percent sold. But my my thing is is that there's a couple of states out there that that obviously don't have the state income tax that can offer him, <laughs> you know, a million, two million less than we than we were willing to. And it's or probably about a million and it's still gonna it's gonna offset. So, you know, there, there are things that they're kind of, I think they're kind of looking at and, you know, his, his wife is probably communicating some of this to him as well, you know, that, um, she would prefer not spending, you know, some, most of the, the year, well, I shouldn't say, you know, four months, five months of the year up in Buffalo. Um, but you know, we'll see. I, I don't believe he's asking for you know, what people think he's asking for. I don't think he's asking, you know, 13, 14 million people are, you know, assuming. I think it's more that he wants to have something guaranteed for at least, you know, another two years so he can retire. Uh, you know, he would probably like to retire a Buffalo Bill, I believe. Um, but, you know, so some kind of guarantee that he's set for the next two years. So, you know, I think if we offered him a three-year contract with, you know, pretty much two of those years guaranteed that he would sign with, without a problem, you know, it just depends on where, you know, where he's going to land in that dollar amount. But, you know, when you think 10 to, you know, 10, 11, 12 million, which is where I think he should be at, he probably thinks more, but um, you can go and get, another guy for you know six seven eight he's not going to be jordan poyer no one's going to be jordan poyer but it's still going to get the job done and maybe you know we can have it be a longer contract because he's younger and you know if, if that if that's the case then you can spread out that that cost no i agree i just you know a i'm not you know obviously there's some on rumblings that have a little bit more of an intimate feeling of what he may and may not want to do, but I'm just not sold that everybody's pretty much dead set on he's gone and he's going to get the money he wants elsewhere. I'm not, I'm not so sold on that. I, I, I do think there's a chance he comes back to Buffalo and, and I think that I would, you know, if the, if it's, if, if he needs two years of guaranteed contract, okay, well, if we'll give you guaranteed, but, Maybe that goes ahead and drops the dollar value as well. But again, um, Bean's keeping things close to the vest, not saying much about it. Um, I and know there's Darryl, some good players out there. Daryl put do do we know that the Bills want to keep him though? And that's the thing is, in my opinion, we haven't even heard of an offer. And and Jordan was very vocal saying that there hasn't been one. So that makes me more to the, the, you know, leaning towards the fact that maybe the bills don't want him back or, or, you know, they I don't. personally, and I, as a, I've been a player, I can see it on both sides. And while it drives you crazy as a player, this is the same thing as the Lamar Jackson situation. This is called business. This is, this is the way negotiations work. This is, you know what, if you think you can, he, Brandon Bean wants the NFL to set the market for, for Jordan Poyer is what he wants to do. I really believe that. If somebody wants to pay him $12 million, someone wants to pay him 11 even 10 
then 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 put it out there. Put it out there because that maybe that maybe that goes ahead and takes us out of the sweepstakes, right? But if nobody wants to pay that kind of money, and now all of a sudden we're talking about eight and nine, now all of a sudden we can talk. But if you know it's the same thing with Lamar, everybody's like, well, everybody's doing Lamar, they're doing Lamar wrong. Well, how are they doing them wrong? You don't know what they offered them. They might have offered him 250 million. Maybe all of it's not guaranteed, but he still offered him 250 million. And if you think you can get that, then we gave you the non-exclusive tag. Go out there and find a team that's going to give it to you. And so far, we've had five of them step up and say, we're out of it. Well, I don't believe any of them. Atlanta could be right back in at day one, right? I mean, who are they going to do? They're not going to tell everybody what they're going to do. But I, I, this is it, it's the it's this it's the part of this whole it's the part of the game that sucks. Yeah. Because well, you got I think players, that... you got feelings, you got fans, you got all this stuff. And right. It's it's hard, but it's business. And this is what these teams need to do. And, and regarding Lamar, I haven't really said much uh, about that, that whole situation, but I will, you know, I did um, post a couple of things. There are a lot of factors. Number one, you know, two, two first round picks is not that big of a deal for Lamar, not at all. But when you're talking about a fully guaranteed contract, which he is pretty much said, I'm not signing with Baltimore again, we're speculating, but in, unless he gets that fully guaranteed contract. So I think Baltimore is extremely smart in what they did <laughs> because now they're basically saying, okay, other teams, you don't have an agent. Other teams can come forward, present to you what they think that you're yes. worth. And if someone offers you a fully guaranteed contract, great. We get two first round uh, draft picks because we're not, we're not willing to give yep. you that you know, those, uh, that fully guaranteed contract. Um, if no one comes forward, they got him for $32 million this year. Right. Um, do I think there's going to be, all it takes is one. Do I think one team will come forward? Yes. But it puts them in a, a, you know, a big, huge bind. Um, and I think it was Ian Rappaport that reported on it today. Um, they, they basically have, you know, five days. They have, they have to wait till Wednesday um, to, to offer him. And then they have five days to, um, to review the offer to match and, um, and decide if they want to, to move forward. Well, that right. handicaps the team that offered, they, they're <laughs> basically locked in with that money until, uh, until those five, you know, until right. Baltimore decides. So Baltimore can take, yeah, you're Baltimore can take, Baltimore. Yep, Baltimore can take it down to the very last moment and right. pre-agency period is pretty much everyone that is available is kind of come and gone at that point. So I think what Baltimore is doing is brilliant from a business standpoint. Does it suck for Lamar? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It does. But it... Go ahead. That's why I think, no, I was just going to say, that's why I think, you know, I, I really think he needs an agent. It is a lot easier to to talk to an agent and say and yeah. and say all the the negatives. Hey, you know, we think he's worth forty five million dollars a year. Uh, we're willing to pay him more than Daniel Jones, of course. But I'm not going to guarantee a five year fifty million dollar contract because not only does that that money has to come up front, they have to put that money in escrow. So right. then they're putting two hundred and fifty million dollars in escrow this guy hasn't completed a season the last two years. And again, we all love Lamar. We all know how great of uh, an athlete he is, but saying that directly to his face over and over and over again, 
is ca- it could cause you know strife between you and your player. Right. It's not the same when you're saying it to an agent. Right. So without an without an agent, you know, an agent takes the emotion out of things, right? You yeah. totally takes emotion out of it. And the other thing is this, and you brought up Daniel Jones. For people that are trying to say that that the the Ravens have have completely disgraced Lamar because look what the Giants, you know, Daniel Jones got his contract. Folks, yeah, he signed for 160 million, but in the grand scheme of things, the quarterbacks, he basically got the same deal as Dak Prescott. Okay. He's two years guaranteed. So right. he, it's when it's this is all done, when yeah. this is all done, right? When everything's done and Lamar gets his money and whoever, where's he going to end up? He's Daniel Jones's contract's going to be middle of the road, just where it should be. But the position dictates this money right now. And, and it's just the narrative is just so backwards. I mean, you, to, to get on the Baltimore Ravens for not giving Lamar Jackson a 100% guaranteed contract when they don't have to is just silly. Yeah. And John just put, isn't his, isn't his mother, his agent? Yes. His mother and him. Yeah. They're, they're, Which they kind of go into his own this. agent. Right. Well, and it, he might be better at it than his mom. Cause his mom probably has more emotion than he does. Right. <laughs> I know I would right. fight tooth and nail for my child. Right. So, right. Um, you know, it probably makes it even more difficult. And then, right. you know, she probably doesn't want to hear any of the negatives, you know, right. at all, you know, so, um, and I think, and, and, and then going back to where we, where we started, and this is kind of how I feel about the Poyer situation. There's a lot of people that have gotten their feelings hurt because of what's going on, but this is, this is the world that you live in in negotiations. And, and honestly, there, there is no time. The teams that get in trouble are the ones that that make the emotional signings and make the emotional decisions based on what the fans want or those types of things. They don't make what's yeah. a solid decision based on the salary cap and what's best for the future of the football team. I uh, I saw Drew Rosenhaus at the uh, senior at the Senior Bowl, and I <laughs> I joked. I was like, I'm gonna go up to him and be like, "So, dude, what's going on with Poyer?" <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing, though, Sarah. It's like take the Arizona Cardinals, right? They sign players like they believe they what they they sign players because it's like they want to put fans in the seats. They don't care about a, their their wins and losses. They care about star power of a player. And 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 if we get this guy signed, I'll sign more jerseys. We'll sell more jerseys. We'll get more seats, people in the seats, and we'll make more money that way. When the Patriots and other teams like that, and I'm hoping, and the Baltimore Ravens are one of them. I'm hoping the Bills are in that same boat. We're we're making decisions based on championships and where we want to end up. Roy just put, if I'm Baltimore, I'm hoping somebody's willing to give up two first round picks from Lamar and draft another quarterback. I I don't think that that's where they're at. I actually think Baltimore is ready to match as long right. as someone does not offer a guaranteed contract. I right. think that they are willing to pay probably you know forty five to fifty million dollars. I don't think that they have a problem with that because that's kind of where the market's going. Right. I, I really don't think that they have a problem with that on average. But I don't think I think they want to only guarantee probably two or three years, especially because of he's injury prone, uh, which he's shown the last couple of years. And and this is not I'm not trying to diss Lamar, but he is a running quarterback. The shelf life tends to go down. So, you know, with that and yes, he can he can still pass the ball, though, you know, like normal quarterbacks he's he's very good at it but is he an elite passer i would not consider him an elite passer so 
once his running game starts to decline, then you're, you, you have to kind of figure out, well, is he still worth it? Um, so I think that they only want to guarantee probably two or three years, maybe two and a half years, um, and see and or maybe they only want a, you know, four year contract instead of a five. Like, so I can, I can see where there's going to be some, you know, some conversation there, but I do think that Baltimore is willing to, to match. I just think that it's going to be as long as it's not a fully guaranteed contract. Well, we got 20 minutes, about 20 minutes left in the show and, uh, smash the like button, hit the subscribe button. Three-man rush. Pretty soon we'll be rebranding to uh, line to gain. We'll get to that soon. But let's move to the big nasties, the defensive tackles. This, to me, is an area that I think the Bills really need to get better at and they need to get bigger at. And who are some of the top prospects out of the combine, sir? Yeah, well, Jalen Carter, he didn't – obviously he didn't participate in everything. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens with, with his stock um, as we get closer into, um, into draft day. Um, but Kalijah Kansi um, had, uh, you know, a pretty decent, um, he was pretty decent with all the drills and everything. A lot of people are comparing him to, um, to Aaron Darnold or Donald. Um, I, you know, I, it's more because of his size and than, than anything. Um, but you know, it's hard to, to compare someone to, to, to Aaron Donald, <laughs> I mean, uh, out of out of college, but that's kind of where the, where the comparisons are going. To me, Brian Brees is um, he's the one that kind of stands out the the most to me. Um, he's a little slower, but he's you know got good size, um, and you know I've I've liked to see him. My only concern with him was his bench press. I, I figured right. a guy that big would be benching a lot more than 22 you had some some wide receivers benching 22 so uh that you know concerned me a little bit um mozzie smith was the the intrigue everyone would say you know he he did 34 reps um so you know that was was uh nice for him but his arm length they said is really really short for uh you know for a, a defensive tackle so you know I'm sure you have more, uh, you know, more um, people on your list, but I, I think I, you know, obviously a lot of these guys can play well. I like, I like the breezy kid from Clemson. Um, I'm not hung up on his bench press of 22 reps. Um, I, I like him because he's a character guy. Um, if you read his story, he reminds me a lot of um, who's our big guy. We lost to Minnesota a few years ago from Stanford. Phillips. Yes, here, no, not Phil. Is it Phil Harrison Phillips? Yeah, he reminds me a lot of Harrison Phillips. I think he's better than Harrison Phillips, but um, he, he had a sister that had cancer and passed away. He's a quality dude. Uh, played for a tremendous, uh, a tremendous program down at Clemson, and uh, uh, pronounced Bruzzy is uh, how you pronounce it, Bruzzy. And um, I, I like the guy. I think he's a good player. Obviously, the the uh, Jalen Carter situation is ongoing and something to uh, definitely watch for. Is he – if they don't clear this up by the combine, okay, is this a situation – you know where I'm thinking, right? Yeah. Is this a situation he tumbles? It and could. He, and he ends up in 27. Yeah. Um, I mean, I if they, were misdemeanor, way, they were misdemeanor charges. Know, I don't right. – I, I, I mean, everyone's yeah. Everyone's still projecting him to go in the in the first round. There were two misdemeanor charges. Um, 
So, you know, I don't think it's going to affect his stock too much other than people might be like, well, you know, I like, I don't know. I don't think the misdemeanors carry any like jail time or anything like that, but it's whether or not they um, are afraid of, you know, future problems because anything that happened in college, the, um, the NFL can't, can't um, suspend you for or anything like that. So I don't think they're worried about that. It's more like, is there going to be a character issue down the road? Um, the, I, I do want to say in it, and I can never say his name, um, the guy out of Northwestern, um, mm-hmm. I just call him Ade because it's, you know, that it, both of his first names and last name. He ran a 449 in the 40, and people legit thought that there had to be something wrong. They went back and they, they kept on, you know, you know, running simulcasts and stuff like that. Um, he ran a 449 and his, um, the 10 second split was a uh, 1.61 which is really, really good. Um, you know, he, that means that his break, you know, is, you know, really quick. So he's interesting. Um, he, you know, a little smaller, which gets me a little nervous with uh, when you have some of the bigger guards, but he did bench 27, which is, uh, you know, nicer than, uh, than some of these other ones. So um, he, he's intriguing because, you know, and, and I do think, um, I do think we need a, to worry about it, especially if we're going to lose, um, Oliver, um, we're going to, I think we're going to need an additional, uh, defensive tackle. So we probably will be drafting uh, a guy, uh, if we don't get somebody in, um, in free agency. Here's a guy that I like, whether it be the second round or third round. Um, and I think he's a guy, and this is the type of player as far as body wise that I want to see us get inside. And that's uh, and I'm going to probably butcher his name, but it's Siaki Ika from Baylor. Okay, six three, three hundred thirty-five pounds, uh, big. I don't know if anybody's watched them this year. Huge man, huge man. Ran ran a forty in only five point three nine seconds. I could care less. This is a guy that's eating blocks inside. He's grabbing guards. He's grabbing centers. He is a true gap control guy on the inside. Those are the types of dudes I want to see. I mean, yeah, I'd like to see us get some guys his size that are maybe stupid athletic. Well, that dude's named Jalen Carter, right? And they don't get the 27 or the second round. But again, like the offensive line, there's some quality dudes that are going to fall into the early second day that we can get a hold of. And this is one of those type of guys. I just right now, especially with 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 what we got going on on our defensive line, we have got to get bigger. I mean, I just, I don't know. I know yeah. I've said it a million times and I'm going to keep saying it until I see it. We've got to get bigger in the one technique and the three technique. Yeah. I we prefer, really I prefer that we do bring back Jordan Phillips. I, I, um, I hope we can figure that out, that contract out right. um, and bring him back, you know, on another one year deal. Um, if anything, um, I actually think that we're a little bit more in need. I, obviously if we get rid of Oliver, we need a defensive tackle. Um, right. But I actually think that we're, we need to worry about um, defensive end um, in the edge a little bit more because Vaughn's not going to be back as much as he says, he's going to be back for the beginning of the season. There is a good chance that he is not back to Thanksgiving, just like, you know, just like right. uh, Trey white was. But so, another good point of what you make is about the Phillips situation. It's going to help the bills, him having the injury and needing the surgery. It's going to help the bills. If they want to keep them. And, and and get him back in the fold, there's a chance they keep him because, you know, he gets hurt. 
Nobody's going to spend that money. Roy talks about it. Offender Jordan, I get it. I'm willing to try to pay him to come back, not overpay. But I think that injury situation will help us in that re-signing. Yeah. And I think it'll be a one-year, you know, prove deal. And he's you know, right. getting a little bit up there in age. I mean, we do have um, Settle and Daquan Jones coming back. Um, but I don't know if I want – I don't know if I want them to be our two starting – defensive tackles at this point like I no. Daquan Jones yes but Settle hasn't proven to me that he can start right now and if if and I'm saying again if Oliver is gone right it'd be really good for us I think if we had a quality a quality rookie and we can also if it's not Jordan Phillips you know there are some other defensive linemen out there in the NFL that we can pick up I mean yeah you know maybe this is maybe this is the situation for Brandon Bean maybe this is what he's doing um, maybe he wants to go ahead and get, um, you know, he wants to go ahead and, and get, get some veterans in the mix and, and bring some guys around. So that's, I, I can't wait for this whole thing to start because again, he hasn't tipped his hand once and I'm, I have a feeling that we could be shocked in another seven to 10 days. Yeah. All right. So again, I have defensive end edge and linebackers on a different slide. So some of these guys are, yes, edge slash linebackers. Some of them worked out with the defensive end people. Some of them worked out with the linebackers. Um, but it is what it is. So deal with it, people. <laughs> no, I, I, and, whoever can, and whoever's complained about it, they can go pound sand. Because, I'm just joking. I'm yeah, just joking. I mean, it's, you know, the, the deal is, is that there's so many hybrid players anymore yes. on that side of the ball. It's hard to, yes. it's hard to stick them in a category. So, uh, so pretty much, um, you know, Will Anderson, uh, Tyree Wilson, Lucas Van Ness, and Nolan Smith, those are the ones that, you know, are on everyone's, you know, list that will probably come off, you know, first round. Maybe, maybe one slips into the second. I doubt it. Um, Miles Murphy is intriguing, I would think, um, from out of out of Clemson. Um, Keon White is someone that is kind of more intriguing to me. Um, is more of a I and again, just I watched his bench press, and again, it. it doesn't translate obviously i've seen him on um i've seen him play georgia tech plays miami every year um so he, he definitely intrigues me but he does remind me a little bit of of Edmonds. so um like size wise but he plays you know defensive end or you know or edge and actually he kind of he kind of uh is like where Rousseau is with um the weight and height and everything so you know, one thing about the bench press, and I'm going to tell on myself, I mean, I think I had a, I think I only did about 20 reps at the combine when I was there. And you would think that an interior offensive line would do more than 20, or would do more than 20 reps. Um, while I was in Buffalo, without trying to pat myself on the back or, or gloss myself, um, I did 535 on the bench when I was there. Um, it's a situation where sometimes, Arm length and those types of things hinder a hinder a, a two hundred and twenty five pound bench press. Um, yes, it's cool to see the dudes rep out a lot. I you know I, I'm not as 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 bummed out. Hey, you can always get stronger. Okay, you can't get faster. You can't get more athletic usually, uh, but you can always get stronger. So that's one thing that if I'm going to fudge a number, that'll be the that'll be the one that I fudge. Right. 
So Keon Brown to me, or Keon White to me, is um, an intriguing prospect later on um, in the in the draft. So you know we can definitely probably like later on, probably fourth or fifth um, round, uh, even maybe even sixth, depending on um, how things how things fall. He's projected all over the board, so we'll see how how that shapes up. But then last but not least, let me move this over. Sorry, guys. The lovely linebacker position. The lovely linebacker position. And again, um, some of the the previous people are listed as as linebackers as well. But um, these are pretty much your set linebackers. Um, I've you know Trent Trenton Simpson and um, Owen Pepoe. I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Um, I think it's Papo. But, I think it's um, great. You did wonderful. <laughs> uh, but both both of them are definitely I, I see I've seen Trenton Simpson play. Um, I am definitely I definitely like his um, the way he plays. Uh, he destroyed Miami several times. So um, <laughs> it's kind of my my yardstick to, to measure him up. Um, right. He would be intriguing to me. And I think a lot of these linebackers will be more mid to late rounds. Um I think that Henley and Campbell will probably be your two um, sooner uh, linebackers off the board, you know, maybe, um, maybe second, third round. But I don't think that there is a lot of true linebackers coming off the board early. Um, you have a lot of the edge rushers coming off the board early. Um, so it'll be, you know, in my opinion, I would like to see us again, especially if we don't re-sign Edmonds, we're going to need to get a linebacker. Um, so it'll be, these are some names to look out for. I like, I like Jack Campbell quite a bit. Um, if you look at his body structure, he's, he's built for that. He's built for the defense that we run in Buffalo. He's a long guy. He's a length guy. He can play Tampa too. He can get out into the flat, knock a, knock a drag route coming across the middle. And then also fill, um, his individual grade is not as high as some of the others, uh, his prospect grade is 6.18, which is will develop into a uh, a starter eventually or a potential starter. But I just, I mean, some guys are football players, and uh, this is one of those guys to me. Incredibly smart, um, you know. He won the uh, he won the academic Heisman award. Uh, I like him. I like that guy to come in and possibly maybe fill a role if we don't have uh, Edmonds or we need a backup. Yeah. Um, to me, Simpson, he, they, a lot of people think he could be a, a starter, a rookie starter. So, um, if, you know, if anything, and we do lose Edmonds, um, I would love to shoot for him. Um, he, he's just all over the field all the time. I think, uh, Daryl just put that too. So, um, what intrigued me at the combine is he was pretty, he was pretty fast, but like it kind of translated. So when you got to see him like do the drills, there's a couple of people, um, like I was talking about uh, DJ earlier, um, a cornerback. He was a 4.26, but in the drills, he didn't quite look that. He didn't quite right. look that fast. Um, Simpson looks the the part. He looks that you know that fast. So um, he's kind of my my linebacker crush. If we decide to not um, not sign Edmonds back, if we sign Edmonds back, then you know. I, I don't feel like we really need to go linebacker. Um, 
because you know we probably should see where Terrell Bernard is gonna be on this team <laughs> where he's we're you know like we need to actually they were talking about how you know they feel like he can be a starter well why didn't you play him at all last year <laughs> he could be a starter right. so we'll see uh how that happens I don't think Henley or Campbell um are attainable um unless we decide to unless they fall and we decide to to go first or second round linebacker which we might if we don't have Edmonds and all of us that keep on clamoring for someone um on the offense is going to have to suck it up and and accept it <laughs> well we'll be you know i think that we if i saw today correctly sir i don't think we get any compensatory picks nope none as of yet we get none so i don't think that number even has a chance to change so we won't get any of those. If it changes, um, it'll ch- it, like if we lose people this year, it will get compensatory um, picks next year. Next year, not this year. I'm I'm not against. I I really believe this. I'm not against with the way the depth is at offensive and defensive line, and the guys that are all kind of the same. They're all bunched up. Um, if we really don't have a solid twenty seventh pick, like a a definite consensus in the in the war room. I'm I'm fully this season for trading out of the first round and stockpiling high second round picks and higher third round picks to get more of those quality individuals and also get away from those bigger um, rookie contracts of the first round and you know that'll also help us with the salary cap. So th- I'm I'm all about trading out this year. If that guy like if that you know I don't know who it is. I don't know what the what Brandon Bean's looking for. But if we can if we don't have that person there. Let's get some more picks and, and stockpile. Yeah, I'm usually I'm usually like that, but I feel like we have um, we we need a hit on our picks, and I feel like when you start, right? You know, but who is it? Dra- Who's your well, hit? When you start picking, when you start drafting down and to get additional picks, I laugh because I, I was I called somebody out on Twitter yesterday. I think it was. I'm like, well, you're 37 picks. They're not. I, I was being facetious. Are not going to make the team. Um, so what's the point of all those, uh, you know, all those trades that you're doing to get additional draft picks? Um, I, you know, I don't mind if you're getting a couple of extra second, third, fourth round, but you're sixth and seventh round. You'd have no idea if you're going to, you're going to get that hit. And, and Darrell actually just made a really good um, point. He said, and if you, if you don't go with the first round, you miss on that fifth year option. So yeah, you know, and we're getting ready to move the fifth year option. I mean, if the guy can't play, who 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 cares anyway? Yeah, but we use Josh's fifth year option. We use uh, Edmonds' fifth year option. But Josh can play. Edmonds can play a little bit. We're going to trade. We're going to we're, we're talking about trading. Um, Oliver. Uh, Oliver. I mean, I don't think the fifth year. I don't think the fifth year is always a you know is a dead set. You know, you're going to give him a fifth year either. I mean, it's it's an inexact science. I just think we have so many holes. The people just keep this isn't a one or two person puts us over the top. Yeah. We have a lot of holes that need to be fixed. And come um, back to me after free agency, know. and then I'll let you know right. if, if I feel comfortable trading down from work. Right. <laughs> right. And I do think we'll make some moves with some vets. I do. I hope that I hope that, you know, Buffalo's always, and I know folks don't take this the wrong way. I love the place. Um, if I didn't live in Tulsa, that's probably where I'd live. But for some folks and you know it's buffalo is a hard sell i mean for a veteran that you know especially a veteran maybe if he's been on a team 
that's rolled into Buffalo in a December. Um, and they're remembering that, right? So it's it's always going to be a hard sell. But if you can get some of those key vets in, that'll take the pressure off and you can do some things in the draft. So I think you're right. We see what happens in free agency. We see who gets retained, who's coming back, who's not coming back, and then go from there. All right. Well, you have a couple people agreeing with you on uh, Jack Campbell in the in the comments. And so. they also, like John Herring says in, in the comments, we only have six picks this year. You know, so if we go ahead and we if we do move out of the first to pick up some more, I, I'm a big believer in the high in the high second round, high third round area that you can get some guys that fell through the cracks. And, um, you know, but again, if that stars there at 27, take them. Yeah. If I mean, John Robertson sitting there at 27. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, if you know, I have I have some crushes. We'll see. Um, again, it all depends on what we do in free agency. So, I mean, if you know, if the sky fell tomorrow and for some reason we, you know, we're blessed with the ability to get, you know, Hopkins and OBJ and right. Derrick Henry all on the team, then I could, you know, say you better draft first, second, third round offensive line. Right, right, right. Exactly. Well, uh, it's exciting. There's a lot coming up this off season. Um, Sarah, again, tell us, tell our listeners when the, when the uh, tampering dates happen and when free agency opens. Yeah. So legal tampering starts on Monday uh, through the 15th and then at 4 PM on the 15th, that's when the official NFL season uh, begins everybody's salary cap has to be under. Um, so you'll see a lot of movement this week, um, but no one can officially sign, even though they're allowed to talk to teams, no one can officially start signing um, the free agents until the 15th. All of the um, people who are, I think there's six people that have been franchised um, that, you know, uh, they, the ones that can actually start um, that are non-exclusive can't uh talk until wednesday smash the like button hit that subscribe button this is the three-man rush she's sarah larson i'm the big o jerry ostrowski you're listening to us on the buffalo rumblings network we will be back next week on thursday the same time to talk about that free agency period that's getting ready to open or it has opened that's the beauty of it the day we come on it'll open up that thursday at four o'clock, so we'll talk a little no, bit. No, Wednesday about, at four o'clock. It's Wednesday so, at four. Okay, so the day before. Well, there'll be a lot of yep. news to report yeah. on, on so Thursday. So we'll talk all about free agency next Thursday and um and all those different things. Again, she's Sarah Larson on the big O Jerry Ostrowski. As always, one love and go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>